The button has been pushed. Commencing podcast now. I'm like stringing wires all over the place. I taped a router to my wall. Welcome to Pop Tech Jam, the independent audio magazine about consumer technology, pop culture, and all other kinds of things we can do at home here in the Q Life. I'm JD Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. Welcome back to our show. In addition to some tech headlines that may have happened in the past week or so, uh, we have some pop culture things to discuss. We do. What you can watch and what you can make for yourself. So uh, so a little something for everyone, we hope. Can I talk about something first off? Yes, I I expect you to have something to talk about first off. What what is on your mind, sir? You know, I've been watching a lot of TV. Yeah. Because that's what you do. You read, you watch TV. I don't want to be like, I was, I was discussing this with somebody the other day. It sort of felt like this has been one long work day for the last two months. I believe they call it blurs day. Yeah, exactly. I forgot what day it was the other day. It's just one of those things. So I've been watching a lot of TV to kind of break up the monotony. And I got around to Batwoman. Have you watched Batwoman yet? It's another Berlanti show. I know you're not really big on the Berlanti show. I, I saw the, the, promotional campaign for it, but my TV schedule has been a little overloaded with other streaming things I've been trying to watch. So it's, yeah, I, yeah, I know yeah. it's out there. It's like one of those things, oh, when I get some time, I'm going to watch this. And I have about 20 shows that are on that particular list. So I have not dipped into Batwoman, but I am familiar with the comic book uh, reboot and the retcon that they did with her several years ago. But yeah, I have, I have not crossed into CW land. What, what's your opinion of Yon show? I like it. You know, it's a bat show, right? And Batman's all over TV recently. I don't know if you've noticed this. Batman's all over the place. He was on Gotham recently, you know, the show before it yeah. was, he appears, you know, Bruce Wayne actually becomes Batman mm-hmm. and you see him. And then one of the Game of Thrones guys is, is Bruce Wayne on Titans. I haven't gotten through the whole second season yet, so I don't know if he appears in Bat costume. Then he's mentioned here on Batwoman. So the Batverse is expanding. That's what I'm calling it. Because I'm tired of the Arrowverse. Because bottom line is, Green Arrow ripped off Batman from the very beginning. Yeah, so you never took him the as TV a legitimate show. character. Oh, no. Yeah, fancy no, goatee never, or nothing, never. yeah. Like a freaking Robin Hood hat. Mm-hmm. They gave him the same backstory. Okay, fine. He was this liberal cat from, you know, whatever, doing his thing in the 70s and all that stuff. Him and Green. Yeah, although the Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams run of the character was was good. good. Yeah, he he did not have a a particularly unique origin story. No. And the idea that they took all the the, the storylines from Batman and gave it to Green Arrow on TV irked me. Yes. Like, seriously irked me. Well, you've been me. a devout Bat disciple for many years. Since I was a baby. Mm-hmm. Since I was a kid, I've been obsessed with Batman. Now, Batwoman has really embraced the dark, you know, gothic vibe of Gotham City. They filmed part of it in Chicago, so you could see the cutaway scenes in Chicago. In Chicago, I got to admit... Originally, I was all about New York being Gotham City because we know that's what it really is. New York is supposed to be Gotham City is supposed to be New York. As it should be. But visually, Chicago is perfect for representing Gotham. And they really embrace that dark, moody, Gotham is a hellscape type thing. Yeah, well, you got the, and Chicago's got all those nice bridges and sort of, oh, and the yeah, Midwestern please. architecture with the prairie school and all that. Yes. It just kind of gives it a more yes. dark, expansive ominous. feel at night. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's big, it's ominous. 
it works for the Batman ethos and the Batwoman ethos. And what I love about the show is that it just fully embraced it. You know, there's no tongue in cheek stuff like originally with Flash. It is no over the top violence like Green Arrow. I mean, that's the whole point of it. Green Arrow was never that over the top violent. You know, he was always a goofball. But Batwoman really embraced the character from the comic books. It's almost like they just ripped it right out. Of course, they're messing with the time frame and the timeline and all that stuff. I mean, spoiler alert, folks. Spoiler alert. You can, you know, like move ahead maybe like a minute or two if you don't want to know anything. But the idea is that Batman has has run out of Gotham. He's left Gotham, abandoned it. So Batwoman comes in and takes his place temporarily, which actually is pulled from the comic books, several different comic book storylines. But the idea is that Batman has killed the Joker. So it's more of a killing joke. Like it's, it's riffing off the killing joke. And they introduced this in the last episode. So that world is kind of like, okay, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of out there. And they actually tie it in briefly to the Titans storyline. There was a storyline in Titans where one of the Robins was having this obsession about Batman going dark and what could happen. And, you know, I love that. I absolutely love that. I don't know how it works because now, according to the TV universe, everyone is on the same planet now. So you can't have, yeah, exactly. You can't have five different Batman storylines running concurrently. Anyway, Ruby Rose is okay as Batwoman. She's not the greatest actress in the world. I think you'll agree with me there. Yeah, her her range is not as expansive as some others. But that's it. That's the beauty of Batman. You don't have to have range. Yeah. You got two settings. You have to be able to frown well. Angry. Right. You got to be able to frown and you got to look good in a cow. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. You know, you get you monotone. You don't have to have any expression. The guy's damaged. The woman is damaged. So, you know, it works for me. All right. So this is absolutely taking you off me. your couch and into a, a Gotham City yeah. uh, that you can spend some time in and not have to think about the blur of days and what's going on on the outside. Correct. And it's different enough from the Pastelli Flash, which I still think is a great show. I love the Flash, mainly because of the characters. The storylines are goofy, but I really love the characters. You know, you really invest a lot of energy into a TV show when you love the characters and a podcast, because our listeners keep coming back to listen to us talk about pretty much anything. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, when you invest yourself in a show, you keep coming back. But Batwoman is a different vibe. Batwoman is... It, I really like what they're doing in the Batman universe, and I can see it expanding and going in so many different directions, and eventually maybe bringing Batman back. Who knows? It's just, I'm really looking forward to it. Unfortunately, we're in the age of the Rona, so God knows when it's going to come back on TV, but I hope they do, because I really enjoyed the first season. Really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, no, that's just all the disruption that we will have to our scripted shows, I think, is yet to be seen. And, and I like the fact, you know, the, the Batman is such a dark yet righteous character, and Batman yeah. seems to do really well when the world is not in a very good place. You know, Superman's always more optimistic and happy, and yeah. but, you know, when, when, yeah, when things are, yeah. when the chips are down and, like, things are not going well, like, Batman is just very satisfying. I don't know if it's yeah, the sort of uh, revenge factor or the fact that Batman, you know, does not really get too concerned about ambiguity and, and moral. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. like, okay, boom, you know, I'm Batman. So His entire world is great. Yeah. It's, you know, 
That's it. That's it. And you know what? One last point about the show. Tremendous big bad on the show. All right. Alice, who is is actually her the big bad from the comic books. Mm-hmm. Tremendous big bad. The actress was actually on Birds of Prey. I don't know if you remember that show many years ago. The, the one that was like way, way, first... way back when Birds of yeah. Prey. Like, mm-hmm. okay. She was one of the characters. I forgot who she played. Maybe Black Canary. I don't know. She played one of the Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. And she's back and she plays Alice, Alice in Wonderland. Mm -hmm. And she is phenomenally good. And it's going to be one of those big bads where she recurs. She was great on the season. So I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Another Berlanti win, in my opinion. All right. So, and as a, a comic connoisseur, you know, the fact that you can map the, the storylines in the show from the comics and whatnot sort of says that they're at least hewing to some of the original source yeah, material. Yeah. I really enjoy that. I like that. All right. I enjoy that. I guess we should do some news. Yeah, do we have news? We have some news, and not all of it is completely Rona related. I mean, the, Get out the of story here, will, really? will well, the story will impact a lot of things just in an indirect way. But but well, let's start off with with the big one, and and we have talked about this over the past few episodes with more people staying home either because of local lockdowns or personal decisions about their own safety in the time of coronavirus, video games continue to rise as a source of housebound entertainment. In a recent quarterly profit report, Nintendo said demand for its Switch game device was up 200%, and the new game Animal Crossing New Horizons sold a record 13.4 million units in its first six weeks, which, as we know, Animal Crossing was just all over the place. The past month, Nintendo says it expects to sell 19 million Switch console units in the uh, current financial year, although some view that forecast as a uh, conservative estimate, and sales could be hampered by virus-related supply chain disruption leading to shortage. I know a lot of people who were really happy because right when they saw that things were starting to go down, they immediately ordered a Switch just to have something to do, and it paid off Mm -hmm. handsomely. So the Switch is doing good. Uh, Moving from Switch to Twitch now, uh, the (laughs) Amazon-owned game-watching and social site is said to be developing unscripted talk shows and dating programs directed at gamers. Now, this is uh, coming from a report from Bloomberg, who always manages to get a hold of internal documents and then report on them. So Bloomberg gets a hold of this internal Twitch document and uh, read it and then reported. And it says uh, these shows, in theory, as they're sort of sketched out, would air two to three times a week and be live and interactive, much like, you know, video game playing online. Topics and genres include game shows, dating shows, sports, music, and talk shows. The cost of these shows could be anywhere from uh, 50 grand to 250,000 a week for about four to 10 hours of programming there on the, the Twitch network. Twitch already had people watching for more than 1.2 billion hours this past month as the pandemic shelter-in-place orders took place. That's apparently a record for them. So they're looking at uh, perhaps uh, creating this unique individual, I guess, kind of online reality show content. The dating shows might be kind of interesting. I know they've got a huge demographic of 18 to 24 dudes. I don't know how many women are on there, but I think what they're trying to do is open that up from beyond 18 to 24 dudes to 18 to 24 aged people everywhere. So maybe the yeah. dating shows will help. I doubt it. Yeah. So, so, so look at- ask, 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 ask me if I'm going to watch this. Are you going to watch the Twitch dating show? No. <laughs> Hell no. That would be new. No. 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 Big negatory. Hard pass. All right. So <laughs> well, Twitch is going to do its thing with or without you. <laughs> yeah, I know. They don't care about me. I'm not in their demographic. Yeah, I think we're both about double the, <laughs> the age of their demographic. Oh, yeah. Probably so. 
<laughs> Proudly so, damn There's it. experience with these years. Oh, yeah. But also, to the surprise of no one, Fortnite has also gotten a boost for many people uh, staying at home and looking for something to do. To shoot? Yes. Uh, Epic Games reports Fortnite now has 350 million, with an M, registered players, up from, I guess they had 250 million in March of 2019, so they've gained 100 million users. In this past year, probably through word of mouth popularity and sudden interest in the past six weeks. Yeah. (laughs) So so their numbers are up. In the uh, month of April, many of those registered users played 3.2 billion hours of Fortnite. And uh, the game's popularity can be traced to a number of things. It's becoming its own social network within its own little 3D Mm -hmm. world. They've got it out there on a tremendous amount of platforms, and so you don't have to buy a special thing to play. And Epic Games also updates it frequently. Uh, They recently included a Party Royale edition, which is a gun-free social space within the game that allows players to log in and hang out with friends. They can watch concerts and big-name music acts and just kind of go through like a a sort of theme park-style set of activities. And so it's creating, Mm -hmm. I guess, kind of like Second Life in there and all of those 3D virtual worlds Back in the day, they're doing their own version of this within the Fortnite realm, and and it's paying off. People are going in. They're making bucket loads of money too. Yeah. Epic, rolling in the cash. They're ma- they're making it rain. Yeah, making it rain. Real money for virtual worlds. So, uh, and uh, uh, not to be left out of the increased interest in gaming, Microsoft will be holding a games event in July to focus on first-party Xbox Game Studios games. They're going to be having that this summer, and I think they released a new boot-up sound for their console, and there was some other announcement that they had this week. But they're also uh, revving up the Xbox line for for some more uh, increased activity, it sounds like. You are an Xboxer, are you not? I am now, yeah. Absolutely. I'm I'm enjoying it. I actually haven't played in a while because I've been too busy, but Well you've got all these bat shows to watch, but I got all these bat shows to watch, all these comic book shows to watch. Yeah, yeah no, your I'm schedule busy. is just busy packed. Yes. All right. Well moving <laughs> on from the game world, Facebook has a new independently funded oversight board to handle hate speech and harassment and people's concerns about privacy and safety. Are they pro or con? Uh, well, they're going to do case by case. <laughs> uh, yes. Facebook itself, uh, we don't know, this independent review board, which will ultimately have about 40 members, will review Facebook's decisions about what content to allow or take down upon its hallowed pages. The board members mm. come from different professional, cultural, and religious backgrounds and have a, a wide range of political viewpoints. So we'll see how this goes. As we've seen in the past, Facebook makes a lot of, of grand proclamations and does things, and Maybe. then it's still Facebook. No. So, yeah. So we'll see. Apple is also putting some money into hopefully making the world better and safer. The company awarded $10 million from its advanced manufacturing fund to Copan Diagnostics to help expand production of COVID-19 testing kits. Now, this sweet Apple money is intended to rapidly speed up Copan's supply of sample collection kits for hospitals across the United States and expanding production from several thousand a day to more than one million test kits per week. They're aiming to have that up to that level by early July. Now, as a press release from Apple noted... As part of this effort, Apple will support Copan Diagnostics expansion to a new, larger facility in Southern California with advanced equipment that Apple is helping to design. This expansion is expected to create more than 50 new jobs, end quote. So they're they're diving in for the fight here. I don't know. Maybe there'll be a lot of, like, white plastic tools and things uh, with Apple's unique design style, but... <laughs> 
lot of Apple logos. Yeah, but the, but they're putting money in this and helping to ramp up production of testing kits, which if you look at the news anywhere, testing kits are a very important part of helping to contain the virus because they need to know where it's at. True. So that's happening. Now, in other Apple news, the company has announced that its annual Worldwide Developers Conference will start on June 22nd and be online only. For those of us used to watching the keynote speech with all the announcements about the iPhone, the Mac, the Apple TV, the iPad, whatever else they had, if you've been used to watching that over streaming video, this is not going to yep. feel like much of a change. Developers who paid big bucks to go out there and attend seminars and lectures and things in person will be feeling the difference, I guess, and then they won't have all of the socializing and things that, that comes at WWDC. Right, exactly. That's the party aspect of yeah, it. Yeah, so uh, you're going to have to party on your own this week, but I guess... Yeah. Everything else will be streamed on video. The impact of COVID-19 on tech companies is beginning to hit hard, though. Uh, we kind of saw this coming. Lyft has laid off about 17% of its workforce. And Airbnb announced that it's probably going to be laying off 25% of its staff because travel, whether local or around the world, is down dramatically. Yeah, it's just not happening. Yeah, people are staying home. Uber is also said to be considering layoffs that could account for about 20% of its staff getting pink slips. So uh, job losses anywhere are just depressing. But I think this is only the tip of the economic meltdown iceberg here. Yes, indeed. Yes. And uh, with general layoffs and public institutions like cafes and libraries closed, some tech users across the digital divide on the scarce side are struggling to maintain connections to the Internet. One in four Americans has no high-speed broadband access at home. This is according to uh, the Pew Internet Research Center. We talk about them every once in a while. But the the New York Times recently had a story about how some people are dealing with this. If you don't have Internet at home, what do you do? And it turns out people are getting in their cars and driving to sit in parking lots near schools, libraries, and other places that have left their networks up just so they can have some kind of decent Wi-Fi signal for remote learning and work that you can only do on a computer or you can't do on a mobile or you don't even have the budget for the mobile bill that you would get if you did this. I know some carriers have also set up free Wi-Fi hotspots for people around the areas to tap into. It's getting to the point where people have to get in their cars and go look for a Wi-Fi signal and sit there all day uh, just, just to get their work. That makes so, me sad. Yeah, it's, it's that very makes sad. Me sad. Now, uh, as we discussed on last week's episode, the sort of United Kingdom has rolled out its centralized virus contact tracing app plans. The Android and iOS app is still in trials on the Isle of Wight. And uh, even though it's not in widespread use around the country yet, some people are looking at the plans. And I guess the government made a statement there about how its app will work, why it's better than the one that Apple and Google are doing. And they had all of this technical stuff that they released to the public. A lengthy commentary from the register, though, that very sharp-witted tech site over (laughs) in the UK. The register pokes holes in the UK government's statement, pointing out that the government's app, which centralizes data at the server level, fundamentally probably won't work well, asks for your location, and may even be illegal against privacy laws and whatnot. The Reg has a deep dive into the arguments around the centralized versus decentralized approach to data gathering. And the site notes, although if people can't be persuaded to download the app in the first place because they don't want their data to be floating around the government servers for the next 100 years, then the whole question is moot anyway, end quote. It's a really interesting look at it, and we'll post a link to the story, but you were going to say? No, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I understand the Isle of Wight 
is weighing in. But what about the Isle of Man? The, the, yeah, Island. the Isle of Man, and and I don't know how how the mans feel about this. I don't think they've had their beta test yet. So okay, all right. Well, I won't weigh in until I hear from the Isle of yeah, Man. Yeah, and I, how do you feel all about right, the Channel Islands? Enough. You know, Jersey Guernsey. Nah, the Channel Islands. You know, they can run either way. Yeah, yeah. Can... All right, so. You are not for this white power here. You want the Isle of yeah. Man to yes, have its Yes, exactly. I want man power. Yes. That's what I want. <laughs> we have. I, I have exhausted my, yes. my, my UK geography. Yes. Okay? Yes. <laughs> and as you can tell, we are still shack wacky. <laughs> yes, we are. Shack wacky. Yes. yes. And finally, and Twitter finally. has a few spring projects in the works, including a new way to display replies. As the Twitter support account announced, some of you on iOS and uh, web will see a new layout for replies with lines and indentations that make it clearer who is talking to whom and to fit more of the conversation in one view. But that's not all that Twitter has in the laboratory here. Like really? Instagram did a few months ago, Twitter is testing out a warning message that will pop up when the site senses you might be getting ready to post a insensitive or even offensive reply. Uh, the company says it's... Yeah, you're going to love the rest of this one. Uh, the, <laughs> stop hooting. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna have their work cut out uh, for me. Oh, yes. Uh, Woo, doggy. The company says uh, that right now it's a limited experience. We're only testing it on iOS users yet. I, I assume this is iOS users here, not on the Isle of Wight, but iOS users here... <laughs> And I guess when you do a tippy-toe over the edge of taste, the alert is supposed to pop up in certain situations, as described by a tweet, yet another tweet from the Twitter support account. When things get heated, you may say things you don't mean. To let you rethink a reply, we're running a limited experiment on iOS with a prompt that gives you the option to revise your reply before it's published if it uses language that could be harmful, end quote. So, of course, Twitter being Twitter, one of the first replies to this tweet was a... um expletive show yes say. of course so yeah the, to your point they have their work cut out for them. oh i'm actually looking forward to yeah the, i think <laughs> you, you can even sit there and then just try to trigger it right oh you got it you got it. you know me too well Jamie. yeah yeah you just know me too yeah, well. and i believe the twitter support announcement was may 5th and two days later it had i think six or seven thousand replies i think of people <laughs> sharing their feelings about you know the twitter nanny there oh twitter Twitter. Yeah. What are you going to yeah, do? Yeah, you're always going to be a cesspool no matter how you try to oh, filter yes. it out. So, No matter what. Anyway, that's a quick look at some of the things happening uh, in the news in the past uh, week to 10 days. For links to all these stories we talked about, including the Register's very uh, detailed look at the UK's contact tracing app, you can find a page of links at poptechjam.com. Up next, we're going to have a little project. If you like comics, maybe make some yourself. As we discussed at the top of the show, you are a fan of the DC Comics universe on TV, and you've read a lot of the the backstories and the original material that these shows came from. I know you're also a longtime Marvel fan as well. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And I, too, love comics. I also love a lot of the indies and uh, the creator-owned stuff that Image is doing. Grew up on comics. Have always loved it. And it kind of occurred to me the other week that... 
Comics are a great way to tell your stories, express yourself, even if you don't want to sit down there and type out a novel, which, admit it, is, you know, mm-hmm. novel writing, fiction is not for everybody in the written form. But you can do a lot of these things as digital comics, even if you can't draw, and we'll get to that in a moment. But anyone who thinks visual narratives are a lesser art form, which I grew up hearing, you know, comics are trash, you're going to melt your brain, you know. Oh, yes. And, so and they, they do to. have their oh. lurid side, but and you know, some people just see them as future scripts for Hollywood action movies. But the tradition of storytelling through sequential art has a long and noble history. Ancient cave paintings in France, Roman carvings, you know, Trajan's Column was a very early 3D comic book. Tapestries like Bio Tapestry that illustrated the Norman Conquest. And woodblock printing, particularly the stuff that was done uh, in Asia in the past couple of centuries, a lot of that was the forerunner of manga. So it's got a long, long history. And even if you can't draw or paint, you can still build yourself a comic through apps and uh, some tools we're going to talk about in a minute. But educators have even found that kids who are a little nervous about writing or are not quite sure how to express themselves or maybe they've got some learning disabilities and make it hard for them to deal with words, doing comics can actually help draw them out and give them a visual format to tell their story. So if, if you are intrigued by this, maybe you want to give it a try. One of the things you can do first off while you're, you're figuring out what you want to write about is just uh, study the comics that are out there. What kind do you want to do? Like a one-panel far side thing? Do you want to do your Peanut-style comic strip? A whole comic book? Go get your own superhero or you know, manga adventure or maybe even a lengthy graphic memoir like Alison Bechdel's uh, Fun Home. So you got to figure out what you want to do at some point. Um, and, you know, you can doodle around and, and experiment with forms. If you need some advice or ideas, there are a ton of books on the web. Obviously, you can buy and download books. There's a lot of free advice. Neil Gaiman even has a thing promoting his master storytelling class, but he's got a, a quick little guide to, to sort of uh, structuring a comic. I think the company that makes the paper app, they've got a thing on their site uh, where an artist has shared uh, her thoughts about making comics. Melinda Berry, who I'm a huge fan of, who has Linda been around Barry, forever, yeah. she did a book late last year called Making Comics that is all just, even if you don't think you can draw, this is how you can express yourself in this form. And then if you, if you want to you know, do your own superhero, maybe try to sell it. Making Comics Like the Pros by Greg Pack and Fred Van Lente is another book. Greg Pack is a hell of a writer. Yeah, yeah. So there, there's a ton of books out there if you need a little little guide. So, And I know the Greg Pack and um, Linda Berry books, if you can't get to a bookstore, you can't have your local bookstore send over a copy, you can get those in digital form, uh, even though it's not as much fun to, to read a book about making comics in you know on an iPad because you, you don't want to mess it with the pages and you want to flip back and forth. But the content is there. And reading comics can also give you ideas. So Comixology, a lot of the online comic stores where you can get past and current issues. I know there was a little gap in the comics industry where they weren't releasing a lot of new titles because of the the pandemic. I think they're trying to get stuff back up to speed now. So find your local digital comics app and and read a few there. absolutely. Download them. Download them. So if you start off, you say, well, I have all these ideas, but I can't draw. What can I do? There is a whole category of apps and websites out there that basically give you all of the parts. You can make your own avatar, characters, you know, design your own characters, do your backgrounds, and then construct the comic online. Uh, Canva, Pixton, and Storyboard, that are three of the big sites there. And you just, you're basically clicking and dragging things into position, then you write your own dialogue. There's a site called Make Beliefs Comics that Bill Zimmerman does that is especially geared, I think, towards kids. And they've got a, a promotional thing on the site now about how kids can make their own coronavirus diaries if they need to express their feelings about mm. what they're going through 
or that's actually a good just idea. have a creative that's outlet a uh, for for the yeah. anxiety. And we'll have links to these sites that I'm talking about here, as well as the uh, the story that I wrote that mentioned them. So if you can't draw, you can find a site that's basically got like pre-stocked elements that you can piece together and make your own comic. And you supply the words in the story, so you still have to do that right. part, but but you can right. get your characters and your backgrounds that way. If you can't draw but you can take pictures, you can also use photos from your camera roll, either ones that you've taken specifically or repurposed old shots into a, a wacky new narrative. There are a ton, ton of, of these apps in the app stores for both Android and iOS. Comic Book for iOS is one, Comic Strip Pro. They're both about $3. Basically, you, you pull on a photo. You can put the halftone on it that makes it look like a printed pulpy comic. Nice. Little word balloons. You drop in your your transitional stuff there. Uh, very easy to do. You can you know if you have the story in your mind, you can you can make a comic in less than ten minutes. And then you can uh, save it as a PDF. You can keep adding pages till you have a bold book. You can mail it around. You can post it on Instagram. Lots of stuff you can do with your finished product there. And so those are a lot Love of fun. Even, even if you just need to to noodle around, tons of stuff you can do with it there. And then if Love it. if you are in the in the uh, the camp of people who can actually draw, um, there are a few two apps out there. Uh, we've talked about drawing apps on the site before, like Procreate and all of those. Um, I, I think Adobe has a few, and so we'll, we'll uh, link to those as well. My daughter has become a Procreate master. It is a wonderful program. Oh yeah, it is. If fantastic. you have an iPad and, I can't. and an Apple Pencil, it's it just takes you away. Oh, the the hundred dollar white stick. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Thank yes. you. If you can draw, MediaBank Paint is a digital painting and comics creation program. Uh, you can use it on a computer, mobile device, a num- number of, of different um, uses here. It's ad-supported, so there are a ton of ads in it, especially on the desktop, and I don't know how you feel about that. But it also has a little gallery, uh, an online gallery connected. It, I think it skews its Japanese program, so it's very big in the manga community. Um but it, it has some tools, and if you if you aren't quite sure that you want to invest money in a program or you just want to noodle around and see what you can do, this is one to try. If you do want to go in full tilt on a comics thing, Comic Draw is a – basically, it's a digital comic studio. And the company that makes it has a number of other comics-related apps. So they also do one where you can pull in your photos and halftone them. But Comic Draw – is got drawing tools, page templates, a script editor, even perspective guides that you can put on your art to make sure you're like you're getting the perspective of the buildings and your scene right. Mm. And it's it's ten bucks, but it has a fourteen day trial if you want to give it a test drive. But you can download the panels. Like oh, I want to do a six panel page. It'll throw that grid on there for you. You draw on your panels because it's on the iPad. You can zoom in. You can do different weights for your stylus to get the art that you want. Very handy. And then they they also have a loose digital uh, publishing firm, so you can actually publish your digital comics uh, yourself. So you, you can pretty much take it from from pencil sketch to to post it online. From soup to nuts. Yeah. And then uh, for some parents who are concerned about screen time, because kids are getting a lot of it these days, if you want the, the kids to have something to do, so maybe you get a little work done, but you don't want them staring into screen, uh, there's a few sites where you can download templates of just the, the empty comics panels pages and you print those out and you give the kids, you know, here's some markers, go make your comic and they've got the little grid to work on and they can do their own story that way. And if you're worried about, oh, no, now they made this beautiful comic, but it's only analog, it's like just scan it or photograph it and then you've got your digital copy that you can share. So, so uh, nice. d- just some tips here if you are uh, feeling visual. I will post a link to information in this segment for people who would like to follow up and or if they need something for the kids to do. 
it, it could be a good time killing project after remote learning class is done for the day. And where would you post that? There's this little website. You know the name of it. It's out there on the uh, the interwebs. Poptechteam.com? That would be it. Yes. Thank you for refreshing yes. my memory. Yes. Yes. All right. So, uh, and with that, we've probably come down to the end of another show because people have a lot I'm of so shows to watch. Yes. Yeah, so, we, we, we should probably <laughs> shut up so people can, can move on. But before we do, we have yes. to thank. Who do we have to thank? The bros. Yes, the bros. Builtbybros.com. If you think it, they will build it. Yes. And in addition to the bros, we have to thank our listeners, whether you have recently joined us because you were looking around for something new to listen to or you've been with us since we started this show this one in 2012 and even our other show that we did before that a thank you for riding along with us all these many years yes indeed and keep keep your comments coming on the website i believe we might even be doing a microphone segment next week thanks to a listener suggestion yes i believe i believe we might yes uh and so we hope everyone out there is wherever you're at whatever your condition is uh hope you're safe and sane until uh the next time when we're back with more i'm jd beersdorfer and I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. I can't vouch for the sane part, though. Yeah, the, the sane, everything's the relative, sane. you know. I'm shack I tell I'm you. So well, watch some more Batman.